You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Ladies, hello. Dr. Laura Mock here. Welcome so much to another episode of my podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining this, joining me at this time. And I have a wonderful episode ready for you. I just interviewed Miss Kara Kelly. She has been on the podcast before, actually. She's an HR consultant. And, you know, everyone's always telling me being the leader of a team is the hardest part about being a dentist. Am I right? Just tell me I'm right. I know I am. And the thing is that right now we're experiencing the phenomenon of the great resignation. And so many of us are understaffed, which is something that I talked about two weeks ago. Um, And I'm back to talk about it again this time. So last time we talked about mindset, right? And, um, and how to look at being understaffed so that it's less stressful. And this time it's, we're coming back with more practical tips on basically what employees want. We go back and forth in this episode talking about what our people who are in dentistry actually want from their jobs. And so to pay attention to the episode, take some notes if you want, pick the ones that feel like you can implement them easily And let's get things going for you. Let's get the changes. Some of the things that she talks about, I know for me, my scarcity brain started going beep, 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 beep. I can't do that. But just stick with her for a minute. And if you you find that there are things that you want to do, but you feel like you can't, please call me. Let's do a free consult because I just restarted doing consults, which means you can talk to me one time for free. You can make the appointment on my website, loveyourpractice.net which is also where you can find links um, that we mention in the podcast and let's help each other out. Okay, sisters, we'll talk to you at the end of the, of the episode. Thank you. Okay. So I would like to welcome back to the podcast, the amazing and stunning Kara Kelly. Thank you, Laura. I'm so glad to be back. I love your podcast. Me too. I love it too. And I love you. Yeah. I love you because you keep it super real, super practical about something that I would say is one of my clients' biggest complaints, which is issues of leadership and HR stuff. Absolutely. That is something that is is big in many, many industries, but in dentistry, the, the profession as a whole, I think there seems to be um, a challenge getting great leaders in, in front of teams. It's hard because when you decide to go to dental school, you're not thinking, and I'll be a manager. Some <laughs> <laughs> never worked for a team. This is your first job outside of dental school. You know, you probably right. think someone, this is it. Yes, they don't, that's not something they've ever considered. Exactly. I pictured my interaction with my patients. I pictured, um, you know, working on teeth and the different cool things that I would do, but I never once pictured what I would do when I found out that Susie was mad at Josie and they were each coming to me with their problems. 
you know, or what you're going to do whenever your numbers are down and yet payrolls do. And all of a sudden you're having to figure out how to get that paid because other people are depending on you. Yes, because you hired them, which means you took on the responsibility of making sure that they get paid. Indeed. And of course, in the last two years, we have been having some extra challenges within our industry that I want to talk about. The biggest of which, and is so the center of our topic today, is what's being called in the papers, the great resignation. So probably most of my listeners have heard of that, but just in case you've been elbow deep in saliva and haven't been listening to the news, the great resignation is a phenomenon happening in our country where people are just exiting the workforce or they are um, exiting the field that they were in and going for, what would you call it, like side hustles or Kara, what's the word that they're going? Self-employment is actually what it is. The side hustles that have taken off and become their main driver of income because it gives them more flexibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So how is this affecting dentistry? You're an HR consultant. So talk to us because we all feel like we're alone in our lack of ability to recruit employees. Just talk to us. What's happening to the industry right now? Yeah, if you're feeling like you can't hire team members to save your life, you are most certainly not alone. (laughs) You are one of the majority at this point. It seems like everybody in every state and every market is having trouble keeping team members in dentistry. Um, You know, there are some outliers out there, but I think the biggest thing we're facing is that we're not really competing just with other practices right now. We're competing with the grocery store across the street and the people who are allowed to work from home because they have a remote customer service position or a remote billing position or uh, you know, the ones that have translated their, their dental skills into another position elsewhere because they just they, they get more flexibility that way. And so we're having to, to deal with the fact that it's not just that practice across town you're competing with. It's everybody else who's employing right now. In our town, we have three dental hygienists who got together and opened up a crumble cookies franchise. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. And I love crumble cookies. I know I'm, I know that's terrible. And that's three hygienists that have lost from your market, but I love crumble cookies. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm so happy for them, but like sad for us. But why, tell me more about why, I mean, we all want our hygienists and our assistants. So what is happening? Why don't they want to work for us anymore? So the other name I've heard from the great resignation is really the great upgrade. People have realized that if they want to make more money, have more benefits, have more flexibility, have more work-life balance, that they have to leave the place that they've been. And like I said, that's not just in dentistry, but dentistry is not a particularly flexible environment. You are treating patients. And so this is not a job where you can have your office manager roll in at 1030 or have your dental assistant take a long lunch whenever they need to go get the oil changed. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, you need people there on the clock all the time and you can't, you can't make those exceptions for the most part because patient care suffers. So that's part of it is that it's just a, it's a more rigid industry. And prior to the pandemic, a lot of people said, oh, that's great. We we want stable jobs, right? They can come to work while their kids are in school. They don't have to work nights or weekends. And sometimes people need to work nights or weekends if they've lost childcare because of the pandemic and, you know, 96 or so percent of the clinical team members in dentistry are female. So that is a a relevant issue for them if they've lost childcare. Um, they're having to switch off with the spouse, you know, sometimes those evening hours are more attractive for them. Sometimes the ability to, to choose when they want to work is more attractive for them from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's it really difficult for us specifically. I always look at bankers and I'm like, 
how like my personal banker will be like, well, I can come pick up that check from you or whatever. And I'm like, I could never do that for anyone in my job ever. No, you don't go pick up the checks from your patients whenever the insurance company sends the reimbursement to them. No, no. I'm basically handcuffed to my chair. Like if I want to be at work, I need to be in the building and it's the same for everybody else, except for maybe the front desk. But honestly, I prefer a front desk in the office greeting my patients and engaging with them. Sure, sure. And there's billing specialists that can work remotely. There's some treatment coordinators I know that are working remotely, but even at that, sometimes it's nice to have that personal interaction with somebody to explain, this is the treatment and this is what it's going to cost. And this is what we can do to help you get there. Yes. Because Um, dental is so personal and so intimate. It's like, it's your head. As a patient, I would want somebody physically with me, helping me walk through my questions and and things like that. And of course, with the assistance and the hygienist, this is hands-on stuff, right? Yeah, it is. You can't do that remotely for some reason. Mm-hmm. I was definitely one of those employers before, and there was a time and a place for it. Things have changed, and I recognize that, and I've adapted, but I was definitely of the, this is when you work, you have all this other time off, you are not allowed to take personal days during this time. You know, I definitely did that you are not alone. (laughs) There are a lot that do that. And that's, that's one of the ways I can say you can be more flexible is to allow them their, their time off to do what they want to do. You know, you'll see some practices that will say, well, we don't offer any PTO except we take off this one week in the winter and one week in the summer and that's it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but what about that high school graduation that happens to be midweek and out of town or that wedding they've got to travel to, or, you know, the other things that are part of the human experience and and you're hiring humans, presumably. Yeah. Uh, that they need that time off for. And, and it's nice to be able to have that and not feel like they're going to be short their paycheck. And so that is a benefit you can offer to help improve on that flexibility whenever you can't do it, maybe on the day-to-day basis, but you can let them have some time off when it's convenient for them. Even though that requires extra work, even though that requires extra scheduling, there are ways to get around that, but it overall boosts morale because they're able to have that work-life balance. Yes. And so, and let's talk about this a little bit more because we decided before we started recording that we're just going to go back and forth and talk about what employees want. Mm-hmm. So ladies who are listening, we feel you, we feel your pain. We know it's hard to be understaffed right now and it gets in the way of our goals, right? And it gets in the way of like our sense of well-being with each day. I know when I'm assisting with, when I'm working with someone who's new, I'm having to be more on, right? Like I'm having to work harder because I'm making up for their other, the other person's lack of knowledge or whatever. So I'm there with you. And Kara and I, you know, we talk on social media pretty regularly. We want to take what we have learned from the leadership and the HR perspective. And when we, we want to hand it to you on a silver platter in this podcast, going back and forth, we're going to tell you what employees want right now. And this can either help you in your retention or it can help you in your recruitment and just take whatever sounds easy to you to, um, to bring on and, um, and flexible. Okay. So Kara, do you want to start? We were using the word flexible. What do you mean that employees need flexibility now? 
employees have lives. <laughs> and even if you are a practice that has four days a week that you're working where they have, you know, Fridays off or Wednesdays off or whatever your schedule ends up being, there's sometimes things they can't schedule. You know, you can't ask your kid's school play to be done on a different day. You can't ask your grandmother's 90th birthday to be, you know, somewhere else at a different time mm -hmm. um, or weddings or funerals or, or all the other things that go on in life. You can't ask jury duty to, to accommodate your schedule. So even though you're giving them that weekday, that isn't always enough for them, um, for employees. And so they do want the flexibility to, you know, to actually have a life. <laughs> um, and, and it's not to say that they, you need to give them time off all the time, every single time they ask for it. You know, if you've got somebody who's abusing that policy, that's a different story. But for the most part, for your, your talented team members who are, have been with you and are working hard and are dedicated, committed to your practice, why, why are we being so strict with them <laughs> on time in the office? Mm -hmm. um, can we not accommodate a little bit and, and give them some of that flexibility? I mean, I can tell you why I was strict. And it was like from this attitude of I'm keeping my team as small as possible. And that means that every single one of you needs to be here when we're open. And I feel like that's still kind of a valid way to look at it. But at the same time, more importantly, is that I need to have employees. Right? If everybody quits because they can't have time off in dentistry, and so then they go out and they start their own crumble cookies franchise <laughs> or whatever, then I don't have anybody. So what I've done is I've increased the size of my team just a little bit, mm -hmm. and I have brought on my front desk person, a front desk person who has clinical skills, so that if I need to pull her back, I can. And then um, I have designated a certain day of the week, which is Thursday. And I've said, if you're going to take off a day, consider this day and any Thursday of the week, they can take off um, without uh, making it a big deal with me. And they just check with their, their workmates to make sure that everything is covered. That's how we do it now. And it's kind of a, it's a combo because I still really discourage them from taking Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Huh? Again, it's understandable and you do need people there. And whenever you're hiring somebody, you should make that clear that this is the schedule. These are the hours for the most yeah. part. We expect you to be here. Yes. Um, unless, you know, it's completely outside your control. That's, that's a different story, but that's yes. absolutely fine for you to say, here's a schedule that I'm hiring you to work. Yes. Uh, you know, as long as you, you have the capability to flex from time to time, if you need to, um, and are not going to like terminate somebody over it. Cause that's really not making the problem any better. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. Turnover is more expensive than the little bit of time you're having to give them off a little bit of time. You're having to stretch or the, the time you're, or the money you're spending on PTO. Uh, I can make the business case for turnover. I've done it for a practice last year that had oh, like a, an insanely high turnover percentage. And I calculated that just based on average, the turnover they'd had the year before was somewhere around $182,000 that they were losing because people weren't staying because they weren't being flexible. They weren't giving them the time off. They weren't making the right hires and a whole other host of things, but that was what their turnover was costing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a multi-location practice. And so that number is obviously not as high with some of these smaller practices, but yes. it's still, there's a, there's a money involved. There's a dollar amount that's attached to that turnover. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to say about flexibility before we go to the next one? I mean, it's all a matter of perspective. What's important to them may not feel important to you. Um, I can tell you a story on that, a, a quick one where I had a practice that was keeping it small. They literally had two employees, a front desk and an assistant. Mm -hmm. And their front desk team member asked off to go to their kid's kindergarten graduation, which for some people's like, is that really a big deal? 
for some of us, it kind of is. And they said no, and she quit on the spot. So <laughs> there are things that are important to them that may not seem significant to you. Um, yeah. You should make the exception anyway. Okay. All right. I like that. So I'm going to say the next one, and I'm going to say alignment with their doctor. So what I, and I, so in dental entrepreneur women that I'm in, um, which we call that do, there are I'm a lot the- of hygienists. Are you going to do? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Um, there are many hygienists in there. And so I hear from them all the time and I employ three wonderful hygienists and all three of them have been with me for years. But what I hear time and time again is when the hygienist has been trained at a very professional high standard level on how to take good care of their patients and their experience and knowledgeable. And then they get, they go and work for a practice. And the practice has maybe a different model of care. Maybe there's some economics in there where they're trying to pay the hygienist a good wage, but also trying to give the patients a good price or they're signed in with all the PPOs or whatever. And so basically what they do is they ask the hygienist to offer care at a different standard than they've been taught. I have also heard this, um, and, and I've been in some of these groups where employees are discussing what they feel whenever their doctor, they feel like overrides them or tries to dictate care differently, um, or they feel like their patient is not getting the service that they, they deserve um, as a patient. And at the end of the day, you know, that it is the doctor's practice, right? And so your philosophy should be the one that, that stands, but you have to make that clear to your team. You have to have those conversations at the interview stage. This is what my philosophy is. This is how our practice model is. Continue to have those conversations, especially if you change your mind on something um, and make sure that they are still in alignment with you. And so, yes, the team members want alignment, but whenever you hire somebody, they're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them. And so make sure that you're giving them that information up front so that they can make a decision as to whether or not this is a practice for them. Make sure sure you're a good match. So if you're a hygienist and you're looking for um, a doctor to work for, and you, and you're, you're interviewing, if you find out that it's a heavy insurance-based practice, you're going to want to make sure that you're okay with the level of care that they're providing, because you can only do it so cheaply yeah. and still make money with the way the insurance wants it to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a tough one for owners. And I run into this all the time is that the patients want to use their insurance. I want them to use their insurance. I'm happy for them. And I want to pay my hygienist well. And how do I get all of those things together? And it's very, very personal. So the, the, um, the hygienists want alignment. And that means when you're hiring, you're not just asking them if they're good at scaling and talking to patients, you're asking them what is important to you, hygienist, and do we match? Yeah, absolutely. And, and don't be afraid to say no to a hire if they're not a good match. Um, that's one of the things that, that I, I know everybody is desperate to hire, and I know you need people, and I know that there's a shortage. It's not going to be an efficient use of your payroll or an efficient use of your time hiring somebody who's not going to be a good fit and is just going to have to leave six months later because things aren't working out. Sure. Got to find the right person. That's a hard one when you're desperate. Cause like it your body really is. Yale, let's put you in. But my, 
my consulting over the last couple of years has gone from 2020 of how do I deal with this? How do I deal with FFCRA? How do we deal with COVID regulations to early 2021? What about the vaccine to, oh my gosh, I can't hire people at the end of 2021. And now it's, how do I get rid of this person that I hired that's wrong? <laughs> Not a good fit for my practice. They're doing X, Y, Z, so many things. And it's just, it's, it's not funny, but it's funny. Like literally every practice I talk to is having the same issue with this. Wow. Um, that they've hired the wrong person because they wow. were desperate to get a warm body in the seat. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, if any of my employees are listening to this, I'm not trying to get rid of any of you. Just so you know, I think you're all amazing. <laughs> okay. What else? What do employees want? I said alignment. What's next on your list? So market value, I think is the next on my list. Uh, you know, I, I know nobody wants to hear this and I know nobody wants to hear that they need to pay their employees more. And maybe you don't, maybe you are at market value, but you have to know that you have to actually do that research and determine what market value is for your area, for this type of practice, for this position, and know that you're paying your people right. I, I cringe when I hear this, that, well, I just hired somebody and I hired them at $3 more an hour than my person who's been here for three years is making. And I'm so afraid that my team members are going to find out that I hired this new person for more than what they're making now. What do I do? Well, <laughs> you should probably take a look at, at what they're making and see if it's if it's reasonable. And if not, you might need to give them a raise because if you don't and they do find out, and, and by the way, you can't prevent them from talking about pay, non-supervisory positions, National Labor Relations Act law, uh, you will find that they will go and see those indeed job postings and see what they could be making elsewhere. And they will exit the practice to go make that somewhere else at some point. Hmm. Okay, so they want to be able to make like a fair wage. Yes, fair and fair. Stop looking at what 2020 held or before 2020, what you were paying. I know there are some positions that were hiring. I had assistants uh, job posts for like 10 to $16 an hour in my area uh, prior to the pandemic. I know they're making more now. So if you're still trying to hire based on those wages or still have that alignment in your head based on that, just know that there's been some and it may be a superficial inflation, but it is what it is. And, and if they can make more elsewhere, you're going to have a difficult time finding somebody who's willing to come on board, finding somebody of quality who's willing to come on board when they know they have other options. Um, yeah. You'll have a difficult time keeping your people when they find out they could be making more elsewhere. And I promise they talk. <laughs> yeah. And in case you're listening to this and you're feeling stressed, it's okay. Take a deep breath. I've got you you know, there's a little squeeze that's happening and it's between the market rates for the employees and the fact that the insurance is either not giving raises or even reducing their their fees. And of course, in the light of inflation, that is an even bigger pay decrease, right? But there are things that we can do to improve on this, we're not stuck where we are. And if you're feeling stuck, please reach out to me because there are there are a million different things that we can do. We're not talking about those today. We're just talking about what employees want. But this, but if you're feeling frustrated, let me help you. Okay. I will give you a quick one of those things you can do is, is sure. communicating to your team what you are paying them. Have mm-hmm. a sheet that you give out at the end of the year with that W-2 to say, here is what your wages are, but here's what I paid for your CE. This is what I paid for your health insurance. This is what you got in PTO last year. This is what we paid in team lunches and have a breakout for them saying, you know, your salary is not just what you take home at the end of the week. 
It's yes. also all of these other things. This is what I paid for you in, in taxes and unemployment insurance. So make sure that you're communicating that to them so they see that you aren't just trying to be cheap or that you just can't afford it. You're really, truly valuing them and you are paying for them more than what they're seeing. Yeah. So I had a client not that long ago who wanted to offer a job to a temp and the temp was making a pretty high wage hourly, but her benefits were almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And so this... Um, client made a total compensation sheet where she showed the temp, okay, well, this is what you're making right now, total where you are, but you could also be over here, which is actually more. And right. the hourly wage is lower, but look at these other things that I'm giving you. And um, that, that communication is important. I, Absolutely. Employees don't understand that. They're not business owners. Most of them right. most of them have never been or, or may not ever be business owners. So they don't think like that. They don't understand those things. Yeah. So explain it to them. Yeah. All right. Next thing. Um, this one, <laughs> this one might hit some scarcity buttons on my clients' brains too, but I'm going to say it anyway. Employees want paid time off and they deserve it. They deserve to have a break. And I will tell you, that if you give them paid time off, they will come back refreshed and grateful and they will be so loyal. I give my employees six weeks of paid vacation every year. And I haven't had anybody quit in years. Because they can't find that anywhere else. Nobody else else will match that. No. Nobody else will give them six weeks. And we take bonus days off too. There's other times they get off. And you know what? They come back from those vacations ready to work and appreciative. And I don't know, I mean, just make a little more each day that you are there because in dentistry, it's not about how many days you work. That's not how you make your money. It's in the demand that you create for your services Mm -hmm. because you can actually produce quite a bit more per day if you've got your system set and then you can take more time off. Everybody's six weeks together and it's amazing. It is. And, and that is one of the things that dentistry is notoriously low for even in other healthcare private practices, just dentistry is very, very low. I am still in 2022 seeing practices that don't offer any paid time off during the first year of employment. Mm-hmm. None. Um, I'm seeing some that are not offering any paid holidays during the first 90 days. Well, when you hire that person at November and they're going to have three days off that they don't get paid, um, that's not the best welcome to the team experience for them, you know, um, right. that probationary period that, that we're still putting people on. And so that right there, I think needs to be one of the things that you change because it's not something that's going to cost all of that much. You know, if they were there working versus at home, you're still paying the same amount at the end of the year. It may cost in hiring a temp if you need one. It may cost in, in cross training team. Um, but other than that, it's not like you're having to, to pay more on top of what their salary is. That's part of their salary. It's just earmarked for PTO. So personally, I just, I think that's one of the easiest ways to have benefits in dentistry. Um, Cause if you go outside of it, you will see companies and not just major corporations, but other companies that are offering two, three, even four weeks immediately upon hire that employees can start earning in addition to their six to 10 paid holidays. Yeah. So this is not, this is not normal in 2022 to not have any paid time off the first year. Yep. And I will just add that this is a mindset shift. And mm-hmm. so if while I'm talking, your brain is freaking out at me, it's okay. If you want to change how you're looking at it, you can call me because it is, it's just a mindset shift is all it is. You can still make plenty of money, even if your employees get paid time off. 
And well, you'll even make more money because they come yeah. back more productive. There's been study yeah. after study about how much more productive employees are when they've had a break and a real break. That's the other thing I like to talk about with PTO is not that it's just paid time off, but that it's also true time off that you're not saying here, take a PTO day, but, oh, I'm going to call you five different times asking for something, or I need you to answer some emails or, Hey, can you reschedule all these patients? Because somebody, you know, quit this afternoon or what, you know, if they're off, let them be off. Let yeah. them disconnect. They need it. You need it. Everybody needs it. And, and the patients, that's the beauty of dentistry is um, the patients are going to come when you tell them to come because dentistry is by appointment. So you can organize that in a different way than you have so far. And it's beautiful. That's Bill Blatchford taught me that a long time ago. It's by appointment only. So decide when you want to work decide how you want to do it and just implement it. Just push the easy button and make, start making the appointments to fit around your life. Absolutely. No, I love that approach. Um, I think, you know, if you're a business owner, you're, you're a business owner because you want that flexibility in life. You want to be able to take your own time off. Yeah. Um, when I hear a practice owner saying they haven't had a vacation in a couple of years, I'm, I'm just baffled as to why. Do you own a business or do you own a job? Are, are you building your practice around what you want out of life? I'm not baffled. I know exactly what's going on in that. <laughs> you call me if you haven't had a day off in a year. You call me, lady. I'm going to start tagging you every time I see that. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Kara, do you have any more? Let's do a couple more and then we'll be done. I have, I have several more. I actually just wrote an ebook on this topic and I came up with 22 and that was actually, I was, it was hard for me to start uh, striking on that one. Mm-hmm. I had more than that, but I was trying to keep it to 22 for 2022 and all of that. Um, they want good leadership. They don't want to be micromanaged. They want you to trust them and respect them at work. And that can come in many different forms. Um, one of the things that I bring up in this ebook is, is why are we still calling our, our female team members or our female identifying team members girls? I knew you were going to say girls. And I'm already shaking my head. I'm like, don't yeah. girls. Yeah. they're not girls. And, and not just to them. We're also communicating that to patients. Hey, go yeah. make it your next appointment with the girls up front. What? No, this is not a sorority. <laughs> um, you know, use their name. If you really can't come up with something else, they, they have one. Presumably, you know what it is. You're going to make a paycheck every, every other week to them. So use their name. You know, hey, can you go make an appointment with Heather up front? Sounds a whole lot better than the girls up front. So that's just, it's one of the ways that we can do that as far as creating more uh, strength and leadership and giving them some respect at work. Talk to me about micromanaging because I heard you say that word, but like, what are you seeing? We love our checklists, don't we? I I understand the need for protocols and believe me, I'm a a type A OCD neurotic person as well. So I'm, I love my checklists. I love my handwritten checklist personally, but when we get to the point where we're having to, to look every single day at every single checklist and making that a a reason um, why somebody gets disciplined because they didn't do a checklist um, or because, you know, something, if something drops, go talk to them about it. If something drops, then you need to to have that conversation and give them more training, give them more coaching as to why it's important uh, to get done. Not just because you have this checklist, everybody's married to Um, running up to the front and between patients and checking to see if the front desk is doing their job correctly. Uh, taking on all of the jobs and you're like nodding, like, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> taking on all the jobs in the practice, you, you know, you're the leader and there are times when you've got to pitch in, but there's also times where you need to delegate and trust them to do that job because 
you hired them. I assume you did some sort of a skills test or you hired them for a reason. You've trained them. They should know. They should know what they're doing and you should be able to trust and hold them accountable to it, not go up and make sure they're doing their job and look over their shoulder every, every five seconds. Well, I'm going to coach whisper to you about that thing, about this micromanaging thing. Okay. Because as with anything, when we're micromanaging or when we're leading well, or any other action that we're taking, this action we're taking is being driven by how we are feeling inside our body. Okay. So if we're feeling confident and amazing and trusting, trusting ourselves first, trusting our employees second, then we don't feel the need to micromanage and we can chat with our patients and we can show them pictures and we can do the next crown prep and then go eat a bonbon in our office. Okay. Have some Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> when our brain is taking us down a scarcity path and it's thinking thoughts that it thinks are helpful to help us, like it's thinking, oh, this is protective. So let's give her this thought. Everything's going to shit. <laughs> I can't trust my people up front. Um, I need to look at the schedule and see if it's full, because if it's not, then maybe we're running out of money. And these are not like we're giggling right now, but these are like real thoughts that my clients have in their minds. And when they have these thoughts, they feel scared and the fear that they feel drives them to do micromanaging things. So checking up front, checking with the, you know, did you use this checklist? Did you make sure this, did you do that? Blah, 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 blah. It's because we're trying to make ourselves not feel afraid. And um, again, if you're listening to this and that feels familiar, write to me and I will send you my latest um, webinar that I gave last week on how to feel confidence. And you'll, you'll see in an hour why or how you can stop those thoughts that create the fear. And so Kara, when you run into people who are acting like that, can you please send them to my podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, one of the, one of the phrases I like to use is that you can't regulate professionalism, positivity, uh, motivation, or, or the desire to work. You can motivate it, but we often switch the other way and, and we try to solve people problems with policy solutions. Oh man, I have one person who's on her cell phone all the time. I need to write a new policy for it. No, you don't. I have one person that leaves their, their dishes in the sink in the break room. I should go put a passive aggressive note up in the break room. No, you don't need to do that either. Just go talk to your person. Go talk What's to up? Them. What's up? Tell and me believe me, this is coming on. from an HR person who you know does policy for a living. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for it, but I'm for it as a way to protect yourself and your practice, not as a way to manage your people. Totally as your people. Yes. yes, you can't solve people problems with policy solutions. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We're talking about things that are so hard. I have so much empathy for my listeners right now. <laughs> what we're asking for is hard, but also will protect us, right? And, and protect our employees and we can all have a better life. Okay. Give me one more and I'll see if I can think of one more too. You go first. Oh man. Um, we've talked about a lot today. Um, you know, they want to feel like they're appreciated. Yes. And, I, and I don't mean just, you know, lunch every Thursday or, or the occasional pizza party or something like that. You know, it's a hundred percent free to just go tell somebody, thank you mm -hmm. <laughs> to thank them for doing a good job. 
they want to feel like the person that they're working for appreciates them more than a transactional approach. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes hear Dennis say this, that I've, I've hired these people to make my life easier. And if they're not making my life easier, then I'm going to fire them. Okay. But that's kind of transactional. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're there for a paycheck. Yes. You are paying them to do work for you, but you're also a team. You're also working with humans, not, not robots. And yes. they need to feel appreciated. There's other there's another hierarchy of needs they need beside a paycheck. And that's part of that psychological contract that employees have with their employers. And one of the ways that you can help uphold that is showing some genuine appreciation. Yeah, and if you think of like, yeah, if you think of the type of person who goes into dentistry, they do it because they like helping people. And that means they like feeling appreciated. They like that Care Bear glow that they get when they're like, I made a difference, right? They want to feel like they've done a good job. You like it when your patients say, oh my gosh, you just did the absolute perfect work for me. This is beautiful and I love it. And you've made me feel so good about yourself. That makes you feel good. It works the same way with your team. It is. And you're right. It doesn't cost anything to say, hey, Sally, (laughs) I saw those pictures that you took of so-and-so today in their new patient exam. It looks amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing a great job. And I want to put them on social media and I want to tag you and say, thank you Uh that you look who took these pictures. My awesome employee, who's a fabulous dental photographer now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great one for anyone who's listening that don't cost you anything, but the air in your lungs (laughs) to say, thank you. All right. One more, I'll say it. I believe that employees want professional development and this can be very challenging because we end up kind of doing the same things over and over. And especially for the hygiene team, you know, you're saying the same thing to the same people every six months. Oh, watch the buckle gum line where you're missing the plaque right here. And then you say it again and they're still bleeding and blah, blah, blah. And in order for our hygienists and our assistants to get really good professional development, they need good CE and they need the practice to be going places going places that help the the patients more and that increase their ability to earn dollars as they're making a difference. It's an investment in your practice just as much as it's an investment in your team. And the pushback I usually get, aside from the fact that it's expensive, because yes, you should be paying your team members for the time that they're spending in the CE that you're paying for them, um, is that, well, what if they leave? You know, I I don't want to, I'm paying for the course. I don't want to pay for their time because what if they just leave, you know, the next week? There's a really great uh, Richard Branson quote about that, where you should train your people well enough to where they can leave and treat them well enough to where they don't want to. So invest in your team. If you really are spending a lot of money on this, then you know get an attorney to draft up an agreement that says if they leave within a certain period of time, they owe a certain amount back. But don't don't try to make them take that CE for free or make them take it for a training rate or nickel and diamond or, or give them any incentive to not want to do this training. It's an investment. Make make them excited about that because I agree. I think everybody wants to learn and grow. Yeah. Um, they're probably not the right people for you. And have an environment where the the practice is progressive, where we're learning the new things and we're implementing them into our practice to improve our patient's life because dentistry is growing leaps and bounds every year. There's more information. There's new things that can help your patients. And if we're on that wave, then it makes work more exciting. This something to look forward to. An exciting work makes engaging and productive team members. Yes. And it can be such a drag to just be doing the exact same thing for 10 or 20 years. So 
get them, get your practice going, get it moving, do the next thing. It's fun anyway. So that's my last one. Do you have any final thoughts you want to say to my ladies? Um, I've, like I said to you earlier, I have an ebook for them that I've, I've okay. dropped. And I'm happy to give that to them for free. Um, it does cover 22 points and of things you should stop doing. And then five points of things you should start. Some of them we covered today, but there's definitely more. So they are welcome to a copy of that. That sounds like a great opportunity for a free way to get advice, advice from someone who does the hard thing that we do as dentists and, and advises us on that. So that will be in the show notes. Again, Kara Kelly, thank you so much for giving us your time to give us advice on how to retain and attract new employees. I think you're awesome what you do. Well, I love this podcast. I appreciate so much the invitation to come back again. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.